Welcome to the Grappling We See exactly. Grappling Rewind Podcast. Welcome to this week on the Grappling Rewind Podcast. In this week's show, we are going to recap Spider, the 165 kilogram and 175 kilogram. Uh, 65 and 75 kilogram, not 165. 65 and 75 kilogram Spider Road to Black Belt Tournament. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We're also going to talk about the main event and co-main event for Fight to Win 221 in Dallas, Texas, and talk a, just very briefly about the Midwest Finishers uh, Women's Team event. As always in the show, I'm your host, Maine, my co-host. Josh. How you doing, Josh? Good. Good. Uh, let's get into news before we get into anything else. Um, two weeks from now, we have kind of a we have a very big card coming up. We have Flow Grapplings, Gordon Ryan versus Felipe Pena. Is this four? This is four, right? Yeah, yeah. Because the first one was 2016. There the was second two. One was 2017, and then he lost the third one. And, and, and then the and then Leandro died, and the third one was weird. And then they didn't fight at ADCC, and now they we're going to get the fourth one. And uh, it's been funny to watch. Felipe essentially, and per Gordon's words, assemble the Avengers. And uh, basically, Penn is gone. He has Gal Vau. He has Craig Jones. He has, um, who else does he have in that camp? AJ. AJ Aggers. But he had somebody else. And I forgot. There's like, there's like everybody. Guy. All of Everyone Atos. else. Basically, all of Atos has banded together. Scott to Hulk. He's Hulk got to prep also. To prep uh, Felipe Pena for this rematch, rematch with Gordon Ryan. Um, I'm kind of curious to see how this goes, so we'll preview that in more depth next week, kind of talk about the previous match, some of the information around that, and then kind of a look back. We've already done a look back with that, um, with their third match, so if you're kind of curious more of the long-term history, you can go find it. Um, I think it's just, the, it's titled Gordon Ryan versus Pena 3 Preview, a uh, couple of months back, whenever that was, so you can find it there. We go way more into depth in the 2016 match, 2017 match, and then, you know, we, the recap, we talk about it as well. So it would be curious and interesting to see it again. Personal thing, it changes a whole lot, but he has, he, has, uh, he has amassed the Avengers to try to take down Gordon Ryan. Maybe he breaks his foot like Nicky Rod did, but who knows? Co-main event for that is Pedro Mourinho versus Giancarlo Bodoni, which I'm kind of more excited about, honestly. Um, Bodoni's going to... Bodoni's the gonna, champion. He's Bodoni's... the 88-kilogram champion. Yeah, but he's not the champion of the lightweight title for who's number one. Which is but which is Pedro. He, I think he's gonna clown him. You think it's gonna be? You think it's? Big? Yeah, I think he's just gonna he's gonna beat him up. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I again, I, I'm Pedro looks really good in the who's number one rule set, and like that is more kind of catered to the things he does well based on this, the level of activity he puts on. But Bodoni is a dude that again, both guys kind of can get running on you. Do you watch the? Uh... The flow documentary they had on. I haven't seen it yet on Bodoni. The becoming dangerous thing that is actually pretty interesting. So, um, and just watching how he trains and his mentality. There you go. And uh, yeah, I just don't think Pedro has a chance. <laughs> as much as Jesus, like, it sounds a terrible. Hot but the news section. Um, yeah, Bodoni's looked so. He's, oh, so his good. level of his level of improvement has been wild recently, and so. Again, I'm. We'll talk about it again. Preview it next week. Yep. Also on the card, JT Torres versus Majig Hage. A fun matchup. Um, JT coming off the loss at ADCC, the first time in four years. Haven't seen a ton from JT. It's been in some opens, but really, kind of on the bigger stages. So Majid had some great performances at trials, but they got beat by Mika Michael Gavao. Very curious to see kind of where Majid's at and where JT's at. I think it's a very very interesting matchup in that regard. Jasmine Hocha versus Amanda Bruce should be a lot of fun. Jasmine Hocha has been looking really, really good on the IBGGF circuit. Cool to see her come back into who's number one. We have Oliver Tassa versus Jonathan Gracie. We just talked about Oliver uh, last week on uh, Fight to Win Main Event versus Ben Eddy. Looked good in that matchup. But two Jonathan, weeks ago. Was that two weeks ago? That was last week. Last I think. week? I, I can't remember. Maybe, yeah. It all, it all blurs together. It blends together. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that a little later. Um... So that should be a fun match. Donatus Gracie is uh, a monster, so it'll really be, be really, really interesting to see how Taza deals with him. And then we have Renee Souza versus Kieran Kerchek, who is, I'm not sure, has Kieran changed team? Because he was with the B-team guys. I have no idea. It's he was, hard. He was, used to be TLI. It's hard to keep track yeah, of all yeah. of these guys going it, We've talked about it they go. at length for years. We keep about... About 250 beads and about 250 grapplers, and that's that number has gotten bigger and bigger over the year, past 
five plus years of doing the show, uh, it gets hard sometimes. Yeah. So that's that's coming up. We'll talk about. We'll preview those in much more depth this coming next week. That'll week. probably be the entire, pretty much the entire show next week. Will just be the preview for that. So should be a lot of fun. Look forward to that next week. Um, and then in other news, really not a whole lot of other news. Marcelo Garcia. Finish his first round of the cancer treatment. Oh, yeah. that too. Hopefully, he looks like he's doing good. He says he's doing good. I hope that is this is stays the same. And then you just said um, the class action. I, the class action lawsuit kind of came to the forefront. A couple of articles got written about it this week. It got like filed like three months ago, and I think we knew about it. We might have talked about it very very briefly then, like it was filed, and then you know, but magazines got a or articles got a hold of it this week because it was a Reddit post. Where someone's like, "Look what I found," and I'm like, "Yeah," and then apparently no one else knew. So. There's a class action lawsuit against Flow for basically a deceptive business practice for the subscription thing where it looks like you're going to pay for a monthly thing and you get and it's actually an annual subscription. You can look at it in more depth if you want if you think you've been wronged by that I think practice. it was I think that's lumped into it and I think the charging people that canceled is also getting yeah lumped into I have, it as well. We have Flow. We've talked openly pretty openly about some of the issues we've had with flow in the past but it's not really our it's not really the place i want to i don't want to poke really at other media outlets it not right makes, now, it no. makes me uncomfortable to do that publicly um i just think it's kind of bad form so that but that is a lawsuit that's been filed and so if you know that's going on right now uh let's talk about an event that happened on flow this weekend anything any other news josh Did no you got? no all right so um yeah, let's move into it. What do you want to start? I think we should start with Spider. Let's talk about the main event. Yeah. I want to run through just the main event of the two brackets, the 75 kilogram, 75, not 175, and the 65 kilogram. Josh, where do you want to start with this? Do you have a preference for like where we start? Or do you, is there matches that you want to run through before we get to the finals? Or what do you think? Hmm. As, you, as you breathe heavy into the mic. You think after I, six I, I, years... I breathe out of the side of my mouth. Thank you very much. It didn't get picked up. I can see the wavelengths right there. Suck it. Um, well, let's start with 65. Okay, let's start with 65 kilograms. Um, I'm going to run through, and then you stop me if there's a, if there's a specific match that you want to run through. Again, uh, so whole event is on flow. Great production quality. No commentary. Which you really liked. And I, I really it. I hated it. So we watched... I thought so it was great. We... Depends on the event. A lot of times we will watch events with commentary. A lot of times we won't for various reasons. Josh, I think you tend to watch more events without commentary than I do. When they start to annoy me with the commentary, yeah. I, I mute it and then <laughs> I just watch it without it. Jiu-jitsu commentary can be definitely a hit or miss. Um, or when it's just really bad. Yeah, when like it's not, not really quality. helpful. Yeah, not really helpful or the audio is fucked up or something like that. Um, but this one... Historically, Spider has had commentary, but because it's in the Korean time zone, which I think was about 2 a.m. our time. I think it was you were 2 a.m. East Coast time, I think. Yeah, East Coast time, our time. Which would have been here. like either 12 or 1. Would it be 12 for Central? Bro, I have no idea. I Time zones give it, time zones take it away from me. Either way, they were back time, and they yeah. could have had somebody sleep in and then do the commentary for it, but they decided not to. So it was three hours of no commentary. You just got to watch jiu-jitsu. And it was kind of cool. It was kind of cool in some respects because you could just hear the crowd noise. But sometimes, yeah. I think, for events like Spider, where all of the names are, like, very, very decorated, it's about a very interesting grapplers that have neat stories kind of coming into Spider. Historically, I've really enjoyed the commentary that Flo has kind of affixed to Spider. So I was disappointed because I think some of that's, that is some of the best commentary work that they've done in the past. But you got to watch it with no commentary, and so you got to make. I got to make my own commentary. I got to throughout commentate the event. in my head. Yeah. To, it was easier to take notes. It was easier to take. That's always. That is always. I've got like nice. full writeouts for for matches. That's awesome. So we have Diego Sodre uh, defeating Wanky Che via decision on points three zero. Passed his guard. Uh, just like, just trying to pass the whole time, and yeah. Just went through. We have Fabrizio Andre defeating Lucas Panera via decision four to zero on points. Um. That was also a pretty interesting match. Not very high paced or anything like that, but which I was a little surprised when from Panera. I was surprised from both of them. Yeah, Fabrizio Andre is just. There's a couple of later matches where he just comes out of the gate. We had Change Meal Hill Taylor defeating Kevin Carrasco via decision zero zero on points, uh, one one advantages zero one on penalties. Yeah, um, I don't even fully remember what the penalty was for. They were giving they were, them. They were. There were a couple of them that were given out where I was like. I mean, there's one Why? of the finals that was we thought we thought yeah. was for celebration because they they run IBJJF rules and we've we've discussed kind of we beat that dead horse that it's not the most viewer friendly. I think here the athletes did a really good job overall. Like 
they were playing to win, but also playing to like showcase their game. I think most of the guy, most of the matches in they, the tournament, they I were think, showcasing the game a little bit. I think they had it in their minds where it was like, oh, um, these are seven minute matches, which is it was a good time. Frame. Oh yeah, they're not ten minute matches, no. like, which I like. I think we've talked about that for years because AJP and UAEJJF uses that shorter time. I think they've moved six minutes. Is it five or six now? Six. It's six still. I think the six minute time frame. I think for black belts is just. A really, especially in a tournament format, a really, really good amount of time to work because it lets you can't stall. You you lose that two to three minutes in the beginning where guys are just feeling each other out. Like you kind of have to go earlier, and I just think it makes for from a viewing experience a much higher quality of match in that six minute time. So seven minutes here in the gi, you do need. Unfortunately, you do need a little more time. And I think in a professional match, I'm happy to match watch things that are a little longer but I did like that it wasn't 10 minutes because you missed that kind of two minutes of bullshit at the beginning that we see in probably 70% plus of the matches depending on the grappler so that was nice yeah um I wasn't complaining about it it was moving along quite nicely um yeah, you know, some of the matches were just a little bit slower some were more exciting like the Miriam uh Makin versus uh Samuel Nagai. Yeah, that was like, the last match of the quarters. That was they were four they to were, two on points. They were getting after it. Mm-hmm. Sam Nagai is a guy that continue Miriam wins the whole thing. Like spoiler here. Spoiler alert. Um God damn did he look good. Dude, Sam he looked Nag- great. Dude, I was impressed His passing with Nagai was amazing. too. I think and I'm trying to think I think yeah, that it was, was a the closest down and match. I think it was a sweep. That was the closest match that that was the only guy in this entire tournament that scored on Miriam. Like, Sam scored two, no other match he was scored on. Yep, that's correct. Which is crazy, I'm like, and it's in the quarter, so it's, again, kind of speaks. We've been we've been hot on Sam Nagai for a couple of years now, and if that really mis- kind of speaks to it. I have it in my notes, but I don't feel like picking up my phone. Um, I think uh, Miriam took him down, and then Nagai, if I'm not mistaken, lifted him up with his leg and, like, just kind of wrestled him up and put uh, Miriam down. Uh, and then I think Miriam just swept back a little bit later, and that's what won it for him, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm re- remembering correctly. But Quarters get fussy. <laughs> I mean, I'm just – now I'm picking up my phone because I'm going to be less lazy. Moving on to the semifinals while you while you pull up your notes like we have in front of us. Uh, Fabrizio Andre defeats Diego Sodre via decision, 2-2 points, 4-2 advantages. Again, more more higher paced here for the, to get all the advantages. Oh yeah, that's right. Seeing the guy hit him with a a, a really clean scissor sweep after yeah. um, after Miriam got a single leg. See, yeah, yep. if I take notes, uh, th- yeah, they gave them penalties. I don't know why those two got penalties for that, uh, but then Miriam like bullied his way up from like the double seated uh, from s- double seated with the uh, ankle grips and knocked him over, uh, but he couldn't sweep back with the fifteen seconds that were left. Yeah. Those late sweeps, really, in, in a, with, a, with a shorter time frame, those late sweeps just become unrecoverable. And so, like, and that's something we saw Miriam do a couple of times, like towards the end of the match. We saw Mirasaki and Miriam do towards the end of the match. They just kind of hit the gas on something, and then you just cannot recover and rescore on them. And that's something we saw. We used to see a lot more in the IBJJF. Is guys would kind of wait, 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 and then blast through the last like minute twenty a lot of times. And so. In that shorter format, you get to get that burst a little later, but it becomes unrecoverable when guys like Miriam do it to you. Semifinals, again, uh, Fabricio Andre takes that over Diego Sodre. Any thoughts on that one? It was a lot of back and forth. Uh, Fabricio was trying to get the back at the very end, but it was like super tight, and he probably should not have done that. (laughs) And then again... Uh, we just finished watching it maybe like, what, 10 minutes ago, something like yeah. that, was uh, the Miriam versus uh, Shane. Yeah, Shane Hill-Taylor. And Shane Shane caught, uh, we didn't mention it yet, down to 141 for this. And he posted, uh, I think this morning or yesterday, this was the, the lightest he's been in 10 years, which is wild because, like, he was bigger than me when I trained with him. And I was probably, like, high 140s then, and so I think he cut down from set what was it seventy four or something or sixty something to make that over the course of like I think six weeks or something. So that's why I'm not sure if that affected his performance here, but dude made the way like a professional. So like I got I got to give him that. Yeah, but I think it it really what happened was where it started going down for Shane was 
they were fighting on their feet for a little bit and Shane jumped up and did like this. I don't want to say it was like half-hearted, but the way you looked at it, it was like half-hearted flying triangle attempt. It was kind of like almost like a reactionary something guard yeah. jump flying triangle like attempt. They wanted to do ended. something to not get taken down. I guess. Yeah, because Mir- and again, Miriam's like we've he's been taking guys down and in the finals. Like he wins it on a takedown, so he probably felt something, made a tactical decision, and kind of seemed like. In the jump, he got caught between like wanting to do two things, and that was probably because Miriam was coming into him, and like it fucked up the timing on the jump. Is kind of what I had guessed there, but he's on the bottom, and he Shane has an amazing guard, amazing guard. But Miriam just going left and right and forward and backward and high step and just like flop passing and trying to go through, and Shane tries like lapel lasso and. Miriam just jumps all the way over to one side and then as Shane is starting to recover he jumps around the other way which forces the turtle and he just took advantage of it and took his back off of it yeah uh, the sequence was, was, was really interesting and it's um, go back and watch it definitely that like, yeah that's sequence. Sequence. it's because we, we see a lot more guys playing lapel lasso especially at the lower weight classes and so we see guys like Tynan and Miriam have really really good combination passing out of it where it's like they no longer they kind of mix between standing passing, check down passing on the knees, and then like a lateral. They don't. They're they're not. You can't knee cut through it. You can't like smash pass through it from at the weight usually. You can, but it's just like super dangerous because if you start leading in like with that lapel lasso and you start driving forward, it just opens up that De La Hiva hook, or yeah. it opens up to bail on the lapel lasso. To go shin to shin and elevate him like over, yeah. It gives you, it gives the other the counter player like Shane here and a lot of other options. So we're seeing more and more people fight at that like long range and out and go between standing and kneeling and standing and kneeling to get off of the grips and like get around the grips even if they can't break them. And that's kind of what Miriam does here. He just eventually gets far enough away from Shane and flops over the knees where he can come to essentially neon belly ride past the close side knee on Shane's side and then rolls, takes the back and then that's that's really where it ended. The last, what, 15 seconds of the match or something like that, Shane's able to get out and kind of stride Try something. to regard and try to move but couldn't really get yeah. anything going with that little amount of time. Again, late in the match, in this match and in the semifinals match for Miriam, like, he scores and you just can't get it back, can't get it back from him. So, fun match, definitely some great guard work, definitely on the slower side but still very, very interesting um, kind of guard sequences there finals we have uh miriam can you give me his last name josh what's your pronunciation on that makin makin um talk in the mic a little closer uh defeats fabricio andre 2-0 via decision fabricio almost takes miriam down early in the match and then miriam's able to get out and i was i was like ooh, we're gonna see the wrestling like all the adcc prep and the trials prep all the work that fabricio has done in the wrestling, maybe we'll see him leverage that here, you know, in the gi. And we started to see him do that. There's a couple, I think, two separate times that he almost gets and scores Miriam down. And then Miriam about, runs into him and gets almost like essentially just, like knee tapped to the single leg. Kind of, but off he grabbed the mat. he grabbed up a little bit higher on the thigh. Yeah, he just sort of like so spe- not necessarily a a knee tap, but he just spears him over, like kind and, of off yeah. the, towards the edge of the mat. Fabricio kind of counter pulls on it. And then is going through a guard, almost looks like he's about to try to re-sweep, like establish an X-guard, and then lift up and kind of elevate and re-sweep. I don't think he was going to be able to do it, but they stopped him right there, because they're kind of half on the on the warning border into the outer section of the mat. And I was like, ooh, that was, in, in IBGDF, that's where they're going to reset. I, we've talked about that being a shitty place to reset for years, especially when, in a pro match, when there is additional space off the edge, like... Bro, let him see if he can re-sweep off this and, like, not get scored on. But they stopped it. I don't think Fabricio would have been able to get Miriam over or get him up or, like, tech out and wrestle up. But with Fabricio, like, that's a guy that has all of those skill sets and maybe he's going to do that. Miriam scores the two points. Fabricio's, you know, unable. This was not as late in the match as the other scores that Miriam had in the quarterfinals was and semifinals. That like really... Early on in the couple match. minutes in, I think, and then just worked on trying to like pass, and Fabricio just was trying to sweep the entire time and just couldn't do yeah. it. 
because Miriam has that again such it's good great balance, balance on top yeah we even see him play a couple of times like really close footed together and still like guys just he plays at a range with his kind of his butt back where it's really hard for guys to get underneath him and start to elevate or move and then you have to come into him you're in this weird range as a guard player where you're struggling to sort of get motion on him and he can chalk, chalk you down your knees and start like outside passing on you and I just think it's a really really it's a re- really really neat kind of fold of his game in combination with the takedowns he did here so Miriam wins this uh, takes the six, under 65 kilogram division for Spider will definitely be in the Spider the next one what's maybe their big the f- event called not Road to Black but I always forget what I don't big know now is. they've switched it around so much that's yeah. the other thing is like it's been flip flop so they might do it they might not I don't know yeah Moving on to the 75 kilogram. I keep 175. The 75, 175 would be a fucking crazy tournament. Um, the 75 kilogram tournament. Uh, 150 pounds. That'd be dudes. great. I, I would watch. I would watch that. Three minute rounds, 350, all gi. <laughs> God, that would be boring. It'd be terrible, but it'd be funny. Uh, Jonathan Vasana defeats Insung Jang via decision, 6-6 six, six points. Uh, it was the referee's decision. That was a lot of back and forth from 50-50, yeah. which scored all those points. But, you know, they were both going after each other. It was a pretty good match. Mm-hmm. I was impressed with, with Jang here. I mean, we've, we, he's a guy that we bring up a lot. Get I get very few chances, like, in time in my week to be able to actually watch his matches. I was impressed with his game here. Like, I was very, very... He's He is more on my radar in this loss than he has been before. And I'm like, yeah, he was he was a really good guy to have in this tournament. For Next sure. match, we had Nathan Chung defeating... Oh, we're in Korean names here. Bon- bon Chol Koo. Yeah. This match... Sucked. Uh, Nathan takes that on one advantage. No points scored. Dude, it was so boring. And uh, Bunchol was trying to pass the entire time. And Nathan was doing, like, nothing. Defensive guard work, Josh? He was doing nothing. And then uh, Koo got just, like, super aggressive and almost got swept over. And that's how he... Uh, gave up an advantage, and that's how we lost. And I kind of hate that. That's like that. That dude, the boring. rule set. The, well, the rule set rewards. That's like, hey, you're working actively. You don't get taken over, but because you were the aggressor and working, because you almost got swept, it's scored against you. And again, it's one of the one of the issues that we've had historically with the IBJJF rule set for things like this. But again, Nathan does what he has to do in the match to win, gets the victory. We, I don't really want to. I we try on the show not to blame the athletes as much and blame the rule set, but was not. The most high paced match. match. Andy Murasaki defeats. Give me the name, Josh. Another Korean name. Uh, Sung Moon Bike or Bake Back. One of those. I'm going to go with Back. Mm-hmm. Via collar choke here. Yo. Andy Murasaki. Murasaki was like, I don't fucking care Jesus. what you do. I'm just going to like pass your guard and then get on your back and choke you. I think he did it in less than five minutes. Yeah, it was. It wasn't like lightning quick. It wasn't it was, lightning quick, but he was like, "Go for but it." It was, it was dominant. Do what you want to do, because yeah. I'm going to. I'm gonna get here. I'm gonna you. get your back. I'm gonna kind of crawl you he, up and he then... beat him. Yeah, uh, Mauricio Andre defeats Lucas Valente via decision four to two. This is fun. Uh, scores from either side. I again, we don't see a lot of Lucas Valente. Like I really enjoy we do, Valente's but we don't. game. We do, but we don't. Like he's. He pops up now and again for certain events. He's very, very good. He's a guy that I would love to see more of. Can we talk about this really quick? That one of the guys got to uh, pick who they were going against. There wasn't a, a tournament yeah. where it was like, this is how it's seated. Like, so Miranda brought this up last week. Like Pisanya was like, I'm going to go against Inasong Jong. And it was like, okay, cool. And then... Uh, Your top three... Got to pick who they went against first yeah. round, and that in so because they're ranked better, it incentivizes them. And so I'm used to this because um, sometimes fighting game tournaments let you do this, and so I'm used to like, oh man, you get, you're the you're the top seed, you get to pick who you go against. I'm like, that's that wasn't wild. how it was though, because Sung Moon picked Murasaki. That's who went. Oh, is that way? Yeah. Huh. I don't know how they're ranked, but I knew that I knew there was a feature of the bracketing system. Was I know three of the four Sun got Moon to choose their ma- was their- like I'm going against the hardest guy and in I, this so- in this tournament, and if I win, I'm going to win the whole thing. Yeah, because ain't nobody beating me after I beat that guy. No, and th- th- so that's that's there. It's rare, but it is not infrequent that guys in fighting game tournaments will do that. It's like, hey, I'm going to pick the number one seed. If that guy like a lower ranked guy. 
We'll pick, I'm going to pick the hardest matchup because I want to beat him early. I don't want to have all the stress of being in a finals or a grand finals with him. Like, uh, notably recently, a guy named Axe, who plays Pikachu in Melee, went up against a guy named Zane, who plays Marth. And in a tournament, he was like, I want that guy. And it's a terrible matchup. But he chose that, and he beat him. And it was like, that's a wild pick to make. I want to say that's really lame. But I was also watching, like, some Melee thing, like, bad bad sportsmanship in Melee. Yeah. And some, uh, something like Lunchbox or something. We watch, we watch what, the what's, what's the guy's Ludwig. name? Ludwig. No, not Ludwig. The dude's name is like Hungry Box. Hungry Box. See? H Box, yeah. baby. Yeah, Hungry Box. If you don't know, Josh, uh, our buddy Chaz here. It was. It was. It's, tonight is, we're gonna. So we're gonna go off off script for about thirty five seconds here. Uh, it's Super Bowl night. It's Super Bowl is happening right now. Probably just finished. Uh, we run an open mat on the evenings, and I was like, okay, you know, sports ball is temporary. Jiu-Jitsu is forever. So it was just I Josh, myself, ball. and our buddy Chaz there that that went to <laughs> that went to train tonight. And um, we just kept going back to back on rounds. We just would have hard you would have sh- one round off and two rounds on, and we were just trying to murder each as other as hard as we could. And Chaz was in the in the back saying he was mouthing hungry, and I was like, "Wait, what?" And then he was like, "Hungry." I was like, "Oh yeah, hungry box, hungry box." But that dude plays fucking Kirby, Jigglypuff, 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 he's, puff, he's a puff player. So regardless, it's Super Bowl night. Anyway. We're here doing this instead of watching the Super Bowl. You know where our priorities are. Um, Video but Chaz games is, and jujitsu. But, but Chaz is here, and it's awesome to have uh, to have him on the set. Trained with him for a lot of years, and it's fun. What's up, Chaz? Um, so <laughs> God, where were we? Uh, right. Valente and Marcio Andre. It anyway, was, it was a lot of fun. Marcio Andre takes it. I was again. I'm always impressed with Marcio Andre. Just being. I always want to have him way older than he is, but he's not actually that old. He's just a How old is he? I think he's like 34. Is he? Is he 34? I, think I have no idea. He's always about 10 years younger than I think he is. So moving on to the semifinals, we have Nathan Chang defeating Jonathan Pisana via submission. Collar choke. That was awesome. Uh-huh. Uh, any, any, other, any other thoughts other than that was awesome? No. All right. Then we have Andy Murasaki defeating Mauricio Andre via points close 2-0. to zero. That was actually like an interesting match, and it was really tight, and it was tighter. It was closer than what I thought it was going to be. Sorry, I'm also looking up to see how old Marcio Andre is. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was, it, was, it was like that. It was super tight, Yeah, and I was like, oh. And I think Marcio normally is the guy that gives Murasaki the most issue. It's kind of a stylistic thing between their two games. He kind of knows... Keep going. He kind of knows where he needs to be and where to not let Murasaki like start firing off his game. Because Murasaki's a guy that if you let him, and that's kind of most top guys in jiu-jitsu, if you let them get their game running, they're going to roll you over. If you can stop that, and but most people with guys like Murasaki or Daupra or like Murgali, like most people just can't stop the freight train from coming. There's a couple of people that have... Like pieces of their game where they can do it. You keep looking at me. Yeah, Marcio Andre is twenty eight. He'll be no. twenty nine this year. Younger than us. Oh God! See, I always get this. This is like old as shit. This is why he look old as shit. This is why I always think. I always think that he's like much older than he is. He's so. Not even thirty. I know, man. Hasn't even had spine surgery yet. <laughs> so, so you were saying you were talking about their the dynamic of their game. Yeah, Marisaki like a lot of times, and, like you'll see him go through. Although we just saw. Um, Oh, who was it that at that beat Marcio at Europeans uh, from Lloyd's? Uh, Malachi. Was it Malachi? No. Um, Not oh, was it one of the brothers? I think it's the next level up. Uh, the next weight class up, lightweight. Yeah. Oh, this is going to bother me now. I can't remember his name. And they just like made a big thing about it because it was really close and back and forth. Yeah. Well. I'm, I'm looking at the guy. I'm looking at the post. I cannot remember the guy. I can't remember his name. Yeah, but... Yeah, he just took that loss from that. So, uh, good match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then finally, Murasaki defeated uh, Nathan, 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 Nathan Chang. I don't know, uh, via 19, 19 to nothing on points and he zero. scored 17 points in the last 40 seconds. 30 seconds, like 30 seconds. So we watched, we all watched the sequence before the podcast again because it is, there are 38 seconds left or 44 seconds left in this match and the score is 2-0. And Mirasaki has looked good. He's looked pretty dominant. Like there was a, in the beginning of the match, it was a little closer. But Mirasaki has very much, from minute like 
two, been in the driver's seat of this match clearly to score the two off the sweep. Sweep or takedown? I think it was a sweep. Okay. Maybe it was a takedown. Either way, he goes through and he so goes and sudden- takes the back. He takes the back because he didn't uh, – uh, Chung didn't want to give up the pass points. He takes the back. Yeah. And then Chung turns in. And he gets his guard for a little bit. He gets like the quarter guard, like the little piece of the foot in the quarter guard as you roll through to get yeah. your back flat to the mat. And Murasaki tracks him, gets to mount, but doesn't it's, get it's the foot out. So he's stuck in quarter guard. So there's no six, score. Six zero at this point. And then he's like, all right, cool. Passes, goes knee on belly, goes mount. And like the scorekeeper's trying to keep up with all of the points. So right now it's six zero, and you're like, okay, so because we had to watch it, we was like, where the, he scored eleven the, points in like ten seconds, and then gets the back he passed, again. need knee on belly mount. So it was three two four, and you're like, wow, that's nine points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nine points. Yeah. And then he turns and takes it back again, and then the match kind of ends, and you're just like. 13 Homeboy points. scored 17 points in 30 seconds. Yeah. Like, that is that is about as quick as you... He's in the positions enough to score. Like, there are three-second holds for the pass to the knee on belly. Because you can combine those two. I'm, I'm used to ADCC rules where you can't combine. But, like, in IBGGF, in this rule set, or Spiders rule set, you can pass and then go to knee on belly, and you can get your pass points combined with your yeah, knee on belly like points. Yeah, it was like three, two, and then he went to mount. It was like four... And then he's there for a couple of seconds. Nathan rolls. He takes the back. And there's four more. And you're like, you just scored 17 points in 30 seconds. So quick. And then so that match, it it doesn't, it was 2-0 with 38 seconds left. And then it was 19-0 30 seconds later. And then then there's 10 10 seconds left. There's no score in the last 10 seconds. And you're just like. What are you going to do? Submit him? What a sequence. Like what is, you you feel bad for Chung. That's a final. A final, and then so Murasaki takes that. Um, it was a lot of fun. The event's a lot of fun. I want Spider to do more stuff. They have they do fun they do game stuff. Fun stuff. Oh, so this one though, there was a penalty that happened at the end of this, and we think it's you no know, on the it was on the Miriam one, right? It wasn't on this one. Yeah, he which, he got a penalty, and I think it's because he went over to Izaki Bahens and like hugged him, and he went outside of the ring, and the ref gave him a penalty at the end. It's like, but it's what? What's the point? It's, it's the not going to do IBGGF anything. Ref that did it. They and, were giving out penalties for no reason at certain. I'd, like, like, what are you giving a penalty for? I wish IBGGF would change. I, not IBGGF. I wish events that use IBGGF rules would change the penalty structure, and some do for pro fights and super fights. Like, hey, man. Like, Stop being a baby. Get it's it. a super fight and a pro event with money on the line. Like maybe realize that I don't want to see guys get dumb penalties for like celebrating too much. Like you just want a lot of money in a big tournament. Maybe you get to have a tea party. Like I'm good with that. You get your you get your 30 seconds to have a great time and excessively celebrate because you just won a major event. The stakes are very high. Watching the athlete have a great time and enjoy their moment is part of the experience as a fan get it across to me that that athlete is like elated that they have just had that performance and won that championship. If you like make them have to go, yeah, and like stoically sit on the mat, like it takes away from my enjoyment as a viewer. Just give that man a big old check that says $10,000 Yeah, and let him be happy. Um, We had a fun match on this card as well. I'm looking for, I have it on my notes. You had it. uh, I have it here. Uh, We also had in this, a special match, Damian Maya versus Sang Woo Kim. Um, this was fun. Damian Maya is a monster. He showed it again here. He counters uh, the initial takedown attempt from Kim. He sprawls, baskets the head, starts the pass. Maya pulls guard, wrestles up to a single leg takedown. Then basically, Kim is on the bottom. And there's two times Kim is on the bottom, but the, the finishing sequence is Damian Maya in the half guard, like MMA old school half guard passing. I'm just like, I'm going to lean on you. I'm going to get my chest inside of your chest and lay my body through your chest and just get under hooks eventually and just crawl you up, crawl you up, crawl you up. When I've broken the wheel and just kept this heavy chest pressure in you for the whole time, then I'm going to get the mount and then I'm going to crawl your, get, have the underhook still. So I'm going to either pummel for the underhook or just continue to crawl up. And Damian Maya does because he's Damian Maya. And he squeezed the shit out of him. And he squeezed the sh- Dude, Damian Maya. So there's two there's two sequences here. And he gets the head and arm choke from Mount. It is what – it's a Damian Maya performance grappling. Beautiful. It was from the Mount instead of from the back this time. But 
I love that Damian Maya retired and is still like, I'm a really good grappler. I'm going to get grappling matches. I'll watch him grapple forever. He has some beautiful grappling. He is strong as shit. And there's two yeah, moments. If you can squeeze somebody's head and make their nose bleed. Yeah. There was two moments here that made me remember, like, oh, yeah, Damian Maya is strong as shit. One, the way that he crawls Kim's arm up from, like, the mount, he just kind of, like, lifts it up at one point, and you're like, oh, you're really a beautiful technique in the way he did it. But also, just you can tell he just kind of decided that that's where it was Yo, going. he's and weirdly lanky. Yeah. I uh, said hello to him at the Walmart in ADCC. I said, hi, like huge fan. I didn't want to like bother because he was commentating the next day. So I didn't do like the kind of picture. I was just, like, huge, huge fan. And he was like, thank you. And then that was not, it. I did not bother I'm, him further. I'm going to buy an electric tea kettle. And in, yeah. And in hindsight, I was like, oh, should I got a picture of Damien. I should have bothered him the one time, but I didn't want to. Um, He's a nice guy. He lifts Kim's leg up because Kim, Damien Maya's on the bottom. Because he didn't give a that. shit, that's why. He just lifted his leg and Kim's like, oh, I'm going to get out of this single leg that Damien Maya is getting. And Damien Maya just decides no. to just stand up with it, has his leg. And with like very little control, just his hands are on the leg. Yo, have you watched old footage of him in the gi? He's a fucking yeah. monster. You ever watched the thing with him and Marcelo? Fuck yeah. Go back and watch that on like YouTube or like... You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube now. It used to be MG in action where you could find it, but it, Damian Maya is just a monster. And just to watch him grab Kim's leg with like outstretched both hands and just stand up and take him down off that, I was like, dude is no a fucks tree trunk. Um, yeah, it's just it's just wild. Huge Go back and watch Damian it. Maya. Go back. Turn and watch on it. some music. Put mm-hmm. in your headphones. You don't have to worry about anything. Listen to some some music. There's no comment. And watch jujitsu. So that does it for Spider. Again, great event. I would love to see commentary on Spider personally if I can mute it. Great, but I would love it to be there because Yo I Flo, think we got you. It I'll happily do it. I will wake up I will I will do yeah, two o'clock I'll do, in the I'll morning. Do two o'clock AM Spider I don't for give Flo. A shit. Yeah. I'm up at that time anyway. Because I don't go to sleep at regular times. I am normally asleep, but I will be awake for it. So let's move on to Fight to Win 220. Give any kind of closing thoughts on Spider. It was cool. It was great. I would have loved to see the award ceremony at the end. Like that the broadcast was kind of cut off at the end and we didn't get to see that. I just like I just like to see it because I get it, but I mean it is what it is. They usually have a cool award ceremony where they get like a helmet and shit like well, that. Well, that was like, the big tournament. That was the, the big last tournament, time. but they usually do something cool. I did love at the beginning of Spider. They put everyone out in like business office chairs and they had them all sitting there. I was like, that that looks Those were comfortable chairs. What Those are you were talking awesome about? Awesome chairs. Like that's where they got picked from. They that got was, picked from the chairs. That was awesome. Like that that felt epic because it's all these big That stage was like and the match game. There. Yeah. It was really cool, and I think more events should like. God, I just have... really dated myself with saying yeah, that. I did. EBI does it too. Where, like you can see on the wings the athlete that is coming out. Yeah, I don't next care about that, but you don't just there. pick who you're like. You know what? I'm gonna pick that guy. Makes it a bitch to preview, but it was cool. Again, Spider pulls off spectacle well. Big fan of their events. Moving on to fight to win two twenty one headline in also, Dallas, Spider, Texas. You can fly us out. We'll do English commentary. Hell yeah. I'll do spider. I'll enjoy. I'll enjoy Korea. I will never, go to Korea. Never been to Korea. I'll have a great time. Hunter Colvin versus Pedro Hosha for the 205 pound belt. Um, this was kind of a weird match. It's again a good match, a great matchmaking. I think it's good, but I it was Hunter. They kind of had some stand up at the beginning. Hunter pulled, and then he kept kind of trying to arm drag Pedro Hosha into him. And then Pedro Hosha was doing that thing that he does, where he like really wants to play heavy on the outside. And he either wants to kind of jumping past you or he wants to like really long range knee cut with his chest up in a way that you can smash guys that are not on the level of Hunter Colvin. Like the guys that are not sort of at that world stage in Nogi, you can kind of get past them. You mm-hmm. can just overwhelm them with outside pressure. But it's not something that we see work a ton on guys like at Hunter's level, like the guys that are meddling at trials. Yeah. Or like, you know, meddling at a major event like that, like Colvin, you make enough space, like he has time to resquare his guard, he has time to track you, he has time to go under, like it it's just too much space. And Pedro Hosher, I think, was just trying to kind of tire Colvin because Colvin's strong as shit. Maybe try to tire him. I didn't really understand tactically the game plan that Pedro Hosha went into this match for because he spent a lot of time not being uh, passive on the outside of Colvin's guard, where Colvin's kind of sitting and kind of like scooting into him, and Pedro Hosha's kind of circling the outside, maybe like occasionally would throw an outside pass or throw out like a long range knee cut, and Colvin would just kind of go cool, turn, recover, recover, yep. and and Colvin seemed to be trying to like drag him down into the game to force like 
even a long, even like a long, not a super long range, like a long range or a mid range guard to like establish to start doing something. And Pedro just never really engaged enough for that to happen. And so Colvin's kind of in that weird, he's standing up, he's coming forward, he's at a pulling guard again. Mm-hmm. It was kind of an up and down match, but at a range because Pedro Hosha was too far away to get a ton going. Ton going, yeah, exactly. Um, and so as a result, I think because Colvin is actively looking kind like of trying stuff to pull him bottom, in and trying to do stuff he wins i think it was pretty clear um that Ho- colvin was a was the aggressor hosha's passing attempts on the outside were were good attempts but they were so long range like it would have run into a scramble versus running into something that he could have settled down on a guy like colvin i think so it was reasonable to give that Give that to Colvin. Colvin's now the 205-pound champion. He's a guy that I think historically has been pretty active, so I am excited to have him with a belt and fight to win as an adult division because I think hopefully Seth will fly him into place as the headline or defend that belt, and that would be great to see. They've been doing a lot of, like... More local cards. Midwest and westernly yeah. cards recently. Um, I don't care as long as they're still going. Yeah. <laughs> I love fight to win every week. So um, Hunter takes that via decision. He's the 205-pound champion. Very curious. There's some there's fun matches at 205. Would love to see him and Mourinho go at it again. I think it's a fun matchup. There's some fun guys at 205 that it would be fun to see Hunter again. Honestly, I would love to see the Jay Rodriguez matchup again. Oh, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. That would be a lot of fun, the West Coast Trousery match. So that'll be fun. Also on the card, we had Dan Dykeman, a uh, long friend of the show, versus Leonardo Souza. This was Dykeman's black belt debut on fight to win. I think Dykeman has... He might have the most matches on fight to win now. He might have beaten um, Troy and Helena and um, Dom Hoskins now. I don't know exactly how to match. I'll probably reach out to Dan and ask him. Because he, he's crew now for fight to win. He's been on the crew for a long time, and he's in there pretty frequently. Um, this was his black belt debut. He looked, it looked really good. It was a fun back and forth that ended in like brutal footlocks. Um, yeah. Both these guys are super tough. Uh, nothing like look at cracked or broke, but it was definitely Dan and uh, Leonardo Souza just cranking on each other's feet. I wish that it would have been two different color geese because it was a gi match, and it was kind of hard to tell easily between the two legs because the geese were really close in color. So you kind of had to yeah. like figure out, okay, this leg's here. I just I like the different color geese. If guys are going to fight legs super hard, it just makes it a little bit easier as a viewer to figure out whose feet is who. Um, Leonardo takes this via decision. I think it was a reasonable decision, but it was is cool to see Dan. Match. We watched him all through Brown, you know, compete on Fight to Win all the time. He has a really fun style. It's really cool to see a guy that, you know, we've seen for a lot of years on the Fight to Win stage and part of the organization go to black and continue taking these matchups and in the co-main. So, yeah, for sure. really cool. A lot of, a lot of fun. Um, anything else on that? No. Yeah. All right, moving on. We have a couple of things for Midwest finishers. Um, the, top do- the, the top dogs won the women's 3x3 three three, uh, in overtime. This was um, the matches are kind of parted out, but the, the event, I was having some problems with figuring out the video and things are kind of, it's like one of those where it looks like the broadcast got cut halfway through and there's two different videos. I'm, I was trying to figure it out. Um, personally, it's been a really big week for me. So um, I wasn't able to do it, but. Did did see the finals matches. They were fun. Really cool to see, again, a women's tournament showcase on finishers. I'm happy that they do that. Uh, and we also had Andre Proferio submit Achilles Rocha with an ankle lock for the title. And that was a fun match. Really, the ending sequence was just, really, the ending sequence, the most of the match was just these two dudes crunching at each other's legs. And the commentators at one point went, yeah, I'm not going to tap either guy. And like two minutes later, um, you saw Porfirio just grab like a 50-50 outside ankle lock on Achilles. And, ju- and, and um, Porfirio is bigger than Achilles by a little bit. And you saw him just go, everything I got is going into this ankle. And just crunches back and Achilles gets ankle locked. And it was just like, ooh, it looked like his ankle got hurt a little bit. I hope hope not that it's not. Is Achilles on? Who's number one? Uh, no. Ja- Jasmine, Jasmine is. Is. I, knew, I knew one of the Roches was. Um, Jasmine's on that, and so again, hope Achilles is fine. He was limping a little bit, but Andre Proferio takes the title here. I, I actually didn't write in my notes what weight class that was, but it was a fun match. You should go back and watch that for the exchanges. The exchanges were interesting. We're going to see more from Andre. We're going to see a lot more from Achilles. Um, oh, speaking of Hoshas in news for Hoshas, 
Oh, Wagner, Wagner talked about how he's on TRT like we didn't fucking know he but was I, on but something. But I appreciate, but I do appreciate, we'll, we'll touch on this quick. I do appreciate that he was like, yeah, man, you're above 35, you're getting older, talk to a doctor, feel better. And I'm like, I appreciate that. I mean, I get it. He's competing as a high level athlete and like, I can't compare it to myself, but like I had a physical a couple of months ago and like I was feeling run down cause I was training a lot at the time and they tested, I got them to do my testosterone levels and I was like, I think like you had to be under a hundred to it to be like, Hey, maybe your testosterone levels are low. I'm like the top level is like a thousand. I was at like four fifty. You just like, get yelled. I was like, look, I, I just appreciate that it is now more part of the discussion. And it's like, you it need is, to know that every single person at ADC C was doing fucking steroids. Except for Nicky Rod. <laughs> Go listen to the podcast. We don't fucking care. I don't care. At Why? All. Because they can recover a whole lot faster. They're not doing it to get stronger. If I they're would, doing it to get stronger, they're stupid. They're doing it so they can train more, so they can do more wild shit. And so yeah. they're their fucking blood isn't so chunky that they can just breathe in any area whatsoever. We, we at the grappling rewind are on pro steroids. We're on the, yeah, we're on the entertainment side. It's like, it is not my, my place to have a moral argument either way, because tell me why Nogi worlds is people ran away from the podium a couple of weeks after ADCC. Cause they would have melted the fucking cups. And I'm about it. You shouldn't test on ADCC years. Or in general. Again, I just, it's, it's a, I'm happy that Wagner, like, there's been some. Supposedly, this is all speculation. All spe- I'm, saying, I'm happy that Wagner came out and was like, look, I'm on TRT. It's a step in the right direction for athletes to talk about that and for the younger generation to kind of understand the landscape better. Wait, did and he not also less- show up to the podium too? He did not. So that's him saying, hey, I was, I was, I was definitely going to pop for that and they were going to ban me from competing but i just i appreciate and we've talked like you have to for me it's like as sports commentators like we are i think it's important to talk about our stance on it in the first place like it's not my place to have a moral judgment on what an athlete does in a pro sport that i get to watch for my entertainment i am vested in watching more entertainment matches and so it's not my place to have a moral argument because i want them to do the wild shit i want to see a 240 pound dude have gas have do a backflip and have gas to go for 25 minutes like i want to see that i don't want to see him you know take a back seat or like not have the technical ability to train as hard as he can train physically because he's not doing everything he can because we have a rule like that he the genetics aren't fair I don't want that. I want them to glow in the fucking dark. Yeah, it'd be awesome. We but they, we're, we watch for entertainment. It's very different. So Entertain I don't, me. <laughs> I don't get to have a moral standpoint on that other than from entertainment, it's wild. It's pretty fucking when you fun see, to watch. When you see Vitor Belfort before the ban and you're like, that, like, Vanderlei Silva in Pride. He's juiced to the gills. And I, it's entertaining to watch and we're in this for sports entertainment and commentary. So that's our take. Uh, the glowier, the better. So, um, I think that's all we got going on. Yeah. Uh, it's been a rough week. So we're in the outro section. Um, I'm going to mention it. Um, our, my dog passed this week. And, uh, if you've heard for years, probably you've heard the tippy tappies of him on the podcast. And you've seen me kind of, if you watch on YouTube, you see me kind of run, put my hand down, pet the dog during the, during the podcast. Uh, He passed this week. It's been very rough. Um, I've had a, we've had a really tough time about it. That was my dog. Just, just be aware that. I would come over and that dog would ignore everybody else except for me. Yeah. We love company. It was great. Um, <laughs> he did not like getting picked up. He did not like getting picked up. No, we have some pictures not. of early in the podcast of you picking him up and him dealing with it for him a second. Him being like, and you then, better like, hurry up and put me back down yep. because I am going to bite your face. Uh, cherish the folks around you and the animals in your life and the people in your life because they are they may not be there um, suddenly and it's pretty upsetting. So That's a bummer. Yeah. So, you know, take that as a as – a, take my – this little speech I'm having here as a moment to kind of cherish the people around you because and your animals and your animals because they may not be here kind of quicker than you expected. The next, who knows? But and so, so that's partially why again everything far uh, was it was a little, weird for was him. Was a little wonky this week. Like we found out, and I was like, oh, that's a bummer because yeah. every time I come over here, I know all I have to do is tap on the door, and I would hear. I don't even think you want to call it like howling. Yeah. But he would like almost like shriek. He'd just be like, "Oh, this ah! Monday is podcast day." 
because you don't have people over a whole lot. And so it was podcast day. It was like, oh, podcast. He, he'd see me starting to set up the podcast it, set. Knock, and he'd like, and, and he would be home, looking at the door, looking at the door, looking at the door, like, who, what podcast friend comes over today to give me pets? His whole body would wiggle. Yeah. He'd be like, Great oh dog. my God, there's people here. And it's like, all yeah. right. So, so that was upsetting this week again. Take and cherish people in your life. Um, you know. Do that good stuff and appreciate appreciate the folks around you. It's been great to kind of have people reach out and like you know say if they need anything. But you know it's upsetting. So way to end it on a downer note. Josh, do you have anything fun happening this week other than you're back? You're back training. I'm back to training after finally getting rid of ringworm, the Ugh. worst, which I didn't even get from the Mets. Ew. I more than likely got it from my dog or my cat. Ew. And because it just randomly showed up one day, and I was like, I haven't trained. And I showered immediately after training. But you training. did the responsible thing. Oh, took, I immediately was I like, hey, guys. Uh, people were like, oh, can you, anybody cover this class? And I was like, hey, by the way, about coverage, I'm not coming in until this shit is cleared up. Sorry. Uh, I don't think it's from the gym at all. Uh, keep an eye out just in case. But, yeah, and I sat out. So it was uh, it was glorious coming back today and only training with Chaz and Maine, and they were trying to fucking murk me. Kill you, Josh. It was great. The entire goddamn time. You also tried. You also murked me too. So that's like. Well, I had to. You had to. You did have to. I deserved it. I did. I did. You it. were trying to like. You were like, I'm gonna blow all of his cardio in the first 45 seconds. Yeah, and I was it, like, you can't do that. Yeah, that's my goal. That's all I got, Josh. There I was one time I cardio. was. I was literally trying to eat the air to get it inside of my body. I was like, I cannot breathe enough. It's like we uh, had a great Super Bowl training session, dude. Uh, like it beat me up enough to where it's like I'm. T- I hope you don't have to edit it so much where it's like I'm breathing really hard into the microphone the entire time because I'm like still tired. It was great, but I get I get a few of those. So yeah, it's been fun. Last night I got a chance to watch um, Volkanovski versus Islam. That was a ton of fun. We actually went out to watch get my get my mind off everything. Went out and watched the fights. Opened up DraftKings and was like, I'm going to lay some money down. And uh, I, I realized, like- I was like, ooh, this is why I, I don't do this frequently because I will sports bet. I love sports betting, Josh. I fell asleep at like 9.45 wa- re-watching the most recent episode of Last of Us. And, and then I went home because we were at a friend's house and uh, my wife yelled at me. And said that I wasn't allowed to lay down until I helped get uh, our one kid down because the other one was spending the night at somebody's house. She was like, "No, you have to help her get help her go to bed." And I was like, "But I'm so tired. It's like I'm so uh, fucking old." Uh, fatherhood. So it's been it's been a good week, dude. I'm I'm almost forty now. Really? Inching closer. Jesus, you're old. So <laughs> thanks. You're not Marcel. You're not Marcel Andre. No, no, I'm not. I am. I am. About nine years older than he is. Jesus. So, uh, I got that's all I got. Um, <laughs> that's on this. It, yeah. I'm trying to end on a super downer note because that's been <laughs> that's been my week of just being sad. Hey, I'm really the whole, sad the whole time. Like, and like, so focus on the good things. We trained, we trained super hard. Um, my cardio could not keep up with the pace that I was keeping up either, and so it was fun. Again, it's great to have. It's great to have great training partners and people. It's that great sh- to have people that will come out and train on Super Bowl Sunday <laughs> when there's people playing a game that you don't really care about yeah so do jiu-jitsu jiu-jitsu is forever as always in the show i'm your host main join the co-host josh and with, also with Chaz here and uh, we are the grappling run see on the mat whatever it is stay safe if you like the show please consider sharing it on facebook with the folks at your gym it's the best way that we grow the show and we really appreciate it you can reach out to us on email we also have instagram we have facebook we have Twitter, we have Google Plus. Until that shuts down. We have a website. If you have an event you would like to have us cover, please let us know. If you have a name, like most people do, and you'd like to have us stop butchering it, let us know. Reach out to us. The show is also available on YouTube, Spotify, in addition to iTunes and every other podcast service. We very much appreciate your time and thank you.